Hello, hello. You are listening to the Salon Owner School podcast. I'm Sam Huber, the CEO here at PIP University. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. To learn more about PIP University and our course for salon owners, Rich Life CEO, you can visit us at pip-university.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy. All right. So I know we chatted a little bit um, about really just like what's happening um, in our spaces right now. And I know Amanda and I um, talked about like the onboarding process, which we might be talking about two different things a little bit, but I know that's what's going on for us right now. It's like a combination of onboarding, but um, also just bringing our team up to speed on a lot of things that we're like shifting in the salon when it comes to like our customer service and um, our customer experience and what that looks like to onboard somebody when they come on. So like everybody's on the same page. Um, so is that what you guys are kind of working on as well, Amanda? Yeah, it's more so for us, what we've noticed um, is that we have a lot of like data collection and like um, just basic things that they want that we want them to know before they start working in the salon. And what we've noticed over the last like year and a half, two years that we've been doing the same outline is that uh, there's not as much buy-in with our team. Um, so just like understanding, really understanding the why, really understanding our core values, um, and really just being able to connect with our brand more. And so kind of what we're doing with our our onboarding is putting more of like that, that brand awareness and that why and like really diving into getting the buy-in from our team um, through videos that kind of try to convey a little bit more emotion. So my manager has been working on that recently. Yep. That's actually very similar to what we're doing. Like we, um, so we, for the longest time we use Asana and that's what we use within Rich Life CEO. I've been toying around and playing with Trello a little bit because I have noticed a couple of our students have mentioned Trello. So I thought, well, I'm going to get Trello too, because I want to learn about it. So then when we have students that use it, um, I'm familiar with that as well but um so we've been playing around with that but we've been putting in our academy into that and so we're recording all these videos on every single thing you could possibly think of um, that gets to be done in the salon like you said the core values like who we are as a company but down to how to make a coffee and how to perform a mimosa and how to give a tour and how to greet a guest like so that way anybody can get in there at any moment um, and it's a very visual board. So it's like when they get in there, it's like pretty and it's aesthetically pleasing to the eye. So it draws them in. It doesn't feel like stuffy or boring. Um, and so that's what we've been working on too, is just those videos. And I think that it's going to make a big difference. We have a list. It's seven pages long of videos. Um, and we did one full day of recording in the salon. And then I said, no, it's not good enough. So we need to start over. Yeah. Uh, so my team loves me. Um, speaking of that, Amanda, you bringing up um, just some of the culture aspects and your core values and your why. I think that's so important because immediately we want to jump to the how to of things. And of course they need to know that. And I was watching, um, two or three nights ago 
Netflix, they have like the um the untold series on them. And if any of you guys have have ever seen any of the untolds on Netflix, they are phenomenal. They're documentaries. And the most recent one was the Swamp Kings, and it was about the Florida Gators with Urban Meyer as their head coach in 05 through 2010. And a lot of the things that Urban Meyer said, like he came in there and completely revolutionized that program. They won two national championships. And then in his last year, they went undefeated and then lost in the national championship. But there was a line in there that he said, this is the hardest football program in America. And so when we work out and we go to work, I'm seeking to find out who is great through attrition. And I thought, dang, that is so good. If salons could operate that way and not, um, what's the word? Like not go back on your core values just because we're, we're afraid of turnover. I mean, obviously it affects us a little bit more. And it reminded me of, I actually thought about our onboarding and it goes to what you said, Amanda, where the first few lessons, and this is before they even have their first day in the salon. They do four weeks of training before they even come into the salon. And obviously it's all virtual. But in that first week, the first video is like, welcome to Neat Beat. And I tell my whole story because the only thing I'm looking to do is get them fired up and make them think I am so lucky to be a part of the salon. This is my dream career. And you do that through storytelling and relatability. So I talked about how when I started off in the industry, I was making $7.50 an hour. I only got 12 hours a week. I was the only apprentice that she hired. I wasn't allowed to see any new guests. And I had to work my ass off. It was a dogfight for me to get to the top of that salon within three years. And I think that's so cool. Just even speaking to some of that, like Jess, you could have some really, really good points if you did a video like that, considering where you started and then how you became the owner of the salon. That's the stuff that when shit gets hard, when the how-tos get really hard in the day-to-day life is is tough, that they remember those things because it's like, man, this, this salon's just too good for me to bow out on it right now. And so that's like a whole week of those first lessons where they're really not learning any how-tos. They're just learning the story of us and what Neat Beat means to me and how I have fought for it and everything that we've, I mean, there's nothing that I don't tell in that first video. It's, it's really, really cool. I should do a survey after they um, watch that video to see what their thoughts are. <laughs> Well, I love Urban Meyer, by the way. He also was at Ohio State for a long time. Yes, so, yes. You know, <laughs> OH. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. He I, he really is an amazing person. And, and it's crazy to watch certain, even just sports teams, like you said, of what you can learn from watching um, sports teams and the culture just, oh like, my gosh. get yes. elevated. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The mindset that I have, the mindset that I have, I really, really draw inspiration from the Navy SEALs. You all know this. But the other is sports, like Nick Saban from Alabama. Baker uh, Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. He brought brought a culture to Cleveland. And then, um, obviously, Tom Brady. He has a documentary called Man in the Arena. It's the best documentary I've ever seen in my life. But there is so much for those, like, obviously, Bill, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. The culture that they have and the leadership that they have. If you look at any sports team that dominates, 
it is because of their coach and the leadership within the team. And it is the same exact thing for salons. And I, and I truly believe that in our industry, if we got that down pat, if we worked on ourselves as leaders way before we thought about any money, any revenue, and we worked on the people around us and cultivating leaders, and that was our main focus, everything else would organically happen. We would build championship teams within our salons. Well, Heather, you said too something about like uh, attrition maybe affects us more than it affects them, but that might be the only other like comparable thing where attrition does create loss. However, on a team that size, they've created like multiple champions. So you, you exactly. know, like you can afford they to, can survive to have your standard be really high. Exactly. Yep. It's pretty cool. I think the other thing too that is is relevant for me and it, it really goes within like making sure that the culture is being spoken to day in and day out in the salon is building out your leadership team. So right now my leaders and I are working on taking their leadership and my leadership to the next level. So, um, you know, for those of you that don't know who I am, um, I took over the salon last July um, and purchased a salon that I worked at for like seven or eight years. And in that time, before I even took over the salon, I was like kind of starting to breed like some leaders. And like, even though they didn't really realize it, I was like testing out and just seeing like what they were really good at each of them. So then that way, when I did take over, I was able to put them into roles that I know that they could succeed at and, and support the culture and support the team and all those things. And we've made shifts obviously since we've done that, but now it's like passing off the torch to them even more that it's been a year and we've gotten like some, the flow going here to help them be able to strengthen the culture in the salon without me having to be there all the time and be the one doing it as well. So that's something that we're working on right now because it's, it's hard. Like you realize you just do shit because it's just sometimes feels easier. But what I've learned and what I've observed myself doing over the past, I, I guess I would say year, but like, I would say maybe the last like three or four months more is whenever there was like a, like a circumstance that came to the table that needed attention. Oh, I got it. Oh, I got it. Okay. I'll do that. You guys. And then I'm like, wait, why in the hell am I doing this? Like it's, it's a distraction for me to be able to do these little steps that, that get to be done when I have people that are plenty capable, that'll probably do better than I will because they are the ones that have the relationships with the people in my salon more than I do now. Yep. So just taking that to the next level and helping to create that culture and like it be more, um, for it to be stronger, I guess. Yeah, that's such a good point. It's funny. So my leadership team and I sit down every quarter now and we um, sit round table style and we evaluate each other. Um, And when it came time to evaluate me, one of the things that they had had mentioned is they're like, we really appreciate, like, I've noticed a huge difference in you not actually like coming back behind us and like fixing things or like redoing them after we've done them. <laughs> so I was like, and the, oh my gosh, uh, it was, it struggle is real, but I really tried to work on that. And it made me feel good that they're like, thank you for like not doing that. And you know what? Like 
shit's getting done. It's great. Like I feel like I have much less on my plate and honestly, most of them are doing things better now than I ever did. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, you sent out that, that survey <laughs> to us. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm surveying everybody this week. I got surveys out to my leadership team. I got surveys out to you guys. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Cause it really made me think, and it was just what, what are, what are things that have happened in the salon, like big circumstances that you, your leadership took care of without you? Like you didn't have to do anything. Am I saying that correctly, Jess? Yep. And I was sitting here thinking about it and I'm like, obviously I know my situation is a, a little more unique because I'm remote, but me being remote to me doesn't have anything to do with it. I mean, I could totally run that salon through zoom and not allow that to be a limiting belief and have relationships with every single person still run payroll. Obviously I would have to have somebody do inventory. I could still do all my monthly individuals, quarterly belief reviews. I could still do a lot. But when I think about big things like one time, you know, the salon flooded or one time when we had a walkout where $400,000 and two stylists just walked out, I didn't handle any of that. There, there's really nothing that I handle anymore because it gets handled on time right there in the moment. But my main seat is understanding, you know, whatever the circumstance that happened and having leadership communicate that back to me and then giving like, okay, that was fantastic. Great, great job. Or maybe the next time, or maybe you want to follow back with that person and try this make sure everything's okay, see where their head is at, you know, and give feedback that way. But at this point, they're just really, is they just take care of everything. They are really like acting owners. Yeah. And I think what, I think what part of, I want people to know too, is that if you are a salon owner, you don't need to be in the trenches for years before you figure it out and start building a leadership team and pass the torch to them. Because I think that a lot of slaughterers have probably been down that road where it took them a long time to get there to be in that space. But I think if you're able, like if you're new or you're just starting to build your leadership team, like the more you can hand off to them and build them as leaders, the more successful your salon is going to be at a whatever success looks like, not just on a monetary level, but what does that look like for your team? Like, what does success look like for your team? Like, what is it that your team wants? What kind of culture do you want to build? And you can do that at such a higher rapid pace when you have other people in your corner. Like, you don't need to be the one in the trenches, like eating all the shit sandwiches by yourself before you start figuring shit out and bring other people along with you, you know? Yeah, I and really I think... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Aaron. I'll, I'll say I was going to say, I just really, um, I'm inspired and I really love this topic for me in particular right now, because I had a situation this weekend where I went, I went into the salon cause I needed to add more track lights and it's been a long time since I've been in there alone and like looking around, which I used to do very frequently because I was in there a lot more. Um, and I saw some things that I was like, Ugh. I don't like that, you know, and I, but, but it's been an interesting journey because I think that normally, or what we most commonly see is that like we build up this leadership team while we're in salon and then we feel comfortable enough to like let them take the reins and we leave. Well, 
mine, my situation is a little bit different because the person that I was developing that like has all the context that knows the why behind everything just as much as I do sometimes more uh, is no longer with us. But I do have a leadership team who knows how to like guide the culture. And so now I get to figure out like, how do I give them like the context and information that they need to have without me having to fully step back in and, and show them how it's done. You know what I mean? So I just really love that this is what we're talking about because it's sort of like a combination of like onboard and leadership. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, the, so we have our year two um, PIP retreat coming up here in September um, and it's for all of our year two and three students that take our course, Rich Life CEO, and it's going to be in Houston. It's a two-day event. It's going to be badass. And so I am giving an experience, doing an experience there. And I've been like, direct, like I'm like, oh God, like I kept sitting down, like jotting down notes, jotting down notes. Well, this last week I made myself really sit down and dive into it. And it's like lit a fire under my ass a little bit here because my topic is cohesive leadership. And that's like what you're trying to say, Erin. It's like, everybody has to be like, every single person on the leadership team, including the owner, like you guys have to have that like cohesiveness in order to be able to operate. You guys all have to be on the same page. And it doesn't mean that you have to be back in there all the time trying to build these people because more than likely they have, they could have a good handle on it. It's just everybody being cohesive and what the common like goal is. Yes. And like what information, how, how do I say this? Cause you, Amanda, you were talking about it, which is like you always putting your hands on stuff you know, my, my former leader was very much like she, she held a lot of things. And so like, it's, it's interesting now that those things aren't being held. Now we get to figure out like, yes, how to, how to cohesively um, educate everyone on what they need to be educated on. And everybody kind of knows what they need to know, you know? And so I love that as a, I, I love that as an experience. I can't wait to experience that with you because I, I need it right now. Oh, that's mm. cute. Yeah, that's and I something think that, that, oh, go ahead. I think when, when we talk about this, some owners may be like, but I like what I do. I like <laughs> knowing all the answers. I like them coming to me. And maybe they wouldn't necessarily communicate it as I like feeling needed. But I think that there is an element of, yes, I can do it better. But also, if I'm not doing this, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, what will I be doing? And this is the biggest thing. If Because we talk about this a lot, guys. We, we definitely talk about this a lot. And it's it's like, what? why is that important to not have everything on your plate and to not have to be in the salon all the time knowing that the place can still run without you? Well, number one, it may be for freedom. So many salon owners, especially ones behind the chair and ones are trying to keep all this shit together, I'm sorry. It's no way of life. It's no way of life. There's financial dreams and things that we want to be able to do in our lives. And if somebody is just dog ass tired because they are burning at burning at both ends, it doesn't have to be like that. There is more to this than, than living like that. And it takes really scary decisions. The other thing though, one that's not as woo woo is this is the only way the only way that your salon can grow. If you stay in this tornado of always doing the same things, maybe growing a little bit, elevating a little bit, learning in the process of trial and error, 
you can have subtle progression, but when you're able to take the things after you've kind of figured them out or you and your people have figured them out and then pass them on to them, it allows your plate to become more free and for you to say, okay, what's next? Is it a mini chat bot where we can start using AI within the salon? Is it a really, really strong automated program um, or automated referral program? Is it an automation that after new guests come back, because we have a ton of new guests coming in every month, but 50% of them drop off after the second or after the first visit and we need them to come back in the second visit. How do we automate that to increase that where they're coming back in 75% of the time and we can increase that by 25%. That's the stuff that you can start asking questions about, studying, get your hands in it, figure it out. And then again, you pass it off to somebody else to lead the system. It's the only way that a tremendous amount of knowledge can be learned and then applied to the business. And basically it's a rinse and a repeat. So that's the why behind why we think it's so important for the owner not to be so stuck in the day-to-day, -day, like Jess said, for a long period of time, because this is how you grow. I think that that is such a good point because like the situation I ran into this weekend where I had stuff that I don't love, like there's easy solutions to those things. And I did, you know, like, Hey, we need to do A, B, C, and D, but because I don't have to go right back behind the chair or be behind the or whatever I'm doing, like now I get to look at, okay, that, that got handled, but how do I make sure that this doesn't become a thing again? You know, and I would not have ever had the bandwidth for that behind the chair full time ever. I would have just been able to fix the problem and then keep it moving. I think the other thing too that I, t I took from like Aaron, just your experience that you've been going through with, with your salon and is, and ironically, my director brought it up to me without really even knowing this, but I thought that it was perfect timing because what I learned is that if you do have somebody like, like you did, like a director or somebody that is like your, your person that you're going to go to they are the ones that also get to help build the other leaders. Like if you have more than one leader on your team, they get to hold the other leaders responsible as well and build them to be the best that they can be and to educate them and fill them in um, on, on what gets to be done and how it gets to be handled. Because in the event that that happens where you lose your director, then, then what happens, you know? And, um, I know like Heather, my director said to me recently, like, I think what I really realized is I get to like lift up all the leadership team too. Like it doesn't have to just be you the, being the one that gets to like grow them as leaders. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, you're right. You know, like it's, that's smart, you know, and it's, it's a good way. It's a good feeling to be able to have, to know that you have like an amazing leadership team in your corner and that just handle stuff and it's funny because now we're like navigating what that kind of looks like so um i was kind of giggling this past week because we had some really bad um storms that came through here like um like tornado type storms and um thankfully for us like we didn't get hit with it but we did have like some um leaking like in our roof and there was like water in the tile and they were all three handling it amongst themselves but then they finally were like okay we're not like we can call this person but like this guy came in and told us we need to call hvac and like one leader is reaching out to another and then the the director's like 
all right, what do we, and I'm like, okay, it's okay. We got, we, we're figuring that out, what that still looks like. And that's okay. But like, they were handling it amongst themselves until it got to a point. They're like, this person saying this and this person saying that, like, what do we need to do? You know? And, but those are just the experiences that we get to go through and we have, you have to learn, like you have to learn. So, you know, sometimes it, it takes that little extra work to direct your leadership team. So to guide them in the right direction. So when something like that happens again, they know exactly what it is that they're supposed to do. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I like that you said guide too, because I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes when I, I, and I did it myself. I've gone through this myself. When you put people into leadership, um, you almost can borderline become micromanaging, um, you know, because you still won't relinquish comp- the, all of that control. And so that's something that, you know, I've really had to step back and learn. And something that we, I coach a lot of salon owners on too, is like, you have to let your leadership team step up and like, not feel like you have to step in in every single moment, like give them, here's the the end goal. Here's what, what I want to see. Like you develop a path and a plan to get to that point and really empower them to, uh, to step in. And then like, as you need guidance along the way, I am here as a mentor to help you and coach you. Um, but this is your baby and you get to take ownership of it. Well, I think that the only way that we know how, how and where to develop them is if we do let them kind of spearhead so that we can see where they get to, you know, like, where do they need the guidance? Cause mm-hmm. if we're just like, Hey, step one, step two, step three, and then they can just like puppet that back to us. Like we're not able to really see what they're capable of and neither are they. Yeah. Okay, this is really, really funny, guys. And it, it's kind of funny because I'm I'm not embarrassed to admit this. I think it just shows how not a micromanager I am. I'm probably, <laughs> yeah, I could probably be a little bit more of a micromanager or a guider. But if the salon floods, if, um, you know, all the lights go out in our shampoo area, anything that happens somebody on my leadership will text me and I will legitimately be like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think we should do? And they're like, well, let me ask my husband. <laughs> no, I'm joking. They don't say that, but we're, they're like, well, and so we kind of talk through it and I really don't have any answers. And I think some of it is because first of all, I just feel like I'm way too young to know all these answers, which is hilarious because I'm not way too young. I'm 36 years old, but <laughs> The other part of it is I've been away for so long. I'm like, who the hell is our plumber? Who the hell, who in the hell do we have? Do we have insurance? Like that's literally how I am. So everything that they write me, I'm like, I don't know. And they all have caught, they all have a copy in a Google drive folder of our lease. So they are constantly pulling up the lease, seeing what we're responsible for what you know our landlords are responsible for and our landlords i have never talked the um it all switched over like our building got bought five years ago and i have never spoken to the landlord before not one time our um ceo and coo have so it's like even all that stuff they basically handle it and then tell me they're like hey just so you're in the loop this happened this weekend it's on the landlord, they're going to fix it, or it's not in the lease. I still reached out to the landlord and tried to negotiate, but they said no. So we have an electrician coming in today at three. So if you see a charge for X, Y, and Z, that's because the pipes in the shampoo experience in the shampoo lounge are leaking into the kitchen. And I'm like, well, good to know. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, I kind of learned to lead that way too, because I had yep. like, I had that right hand. And now that I don't really anymore, it really did train me to like, really let go and let people do what they're really capable of doing. And it's so good for them to do it, you know, like for them to know that they're capable of it. And so they're not calling me every single time something, you know, is a little bit off. And yeah. I will say this, it is really awesome for them. The yes. accomplishment that they feel that they can handle anything and how, how proud they're not really proud anymore. Cause we've been doing this for years, but when we really first started this, especially when I moved to Houston, you could just tell that they were, they were proud that they took care of that for me. And they really didn't, they were basically just communicating back what they've already done because they're humans just like us, especially if you've got some really powerful people like Jess, I'm thinking about Juliana and Heather, two people that could a hundred percent be capable of doing exactly what I just said. Oh yeah. I, I was, as you were talking about that, I was just thinking about the, I was in the salon a couple of weeks ago and one of the girls comes to me like, hey, the shampoo bowl's leaking, like really leaking. You might want to go look at it. I'm like, I don't know. Like, okay, I can cut your hair. I can, you know, like build a spreadsheet, but I'm not going to know what to do with this shampoo bowl. So yeah, I go back there and this thing is pouring water. And I was like, oh shit. Like, it's like bad. I'm literally just staring at it dumbfounded like <laughs> I don't know my director said next to me we're both just like we turned off the water and the water was still coming out and I was like this is a problem like that's about all I know what to do um and Juliana was at the bowl next to us and she's like whispering like the tube came off the pipe came off like she saw it before I so I'm like I don't even need to be here for this like they she's seen it I, my face is in it <laughs> and she's telling me exactly what happened and I'm like oh yeah it's fine like you know the pipe coming out of the wall with all the water just disconnected so it's just flowing everywhere but um so you're right. I mean, it just, it, as I literally sat there, I just, what I was thinking, I'm like, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm just taking up space at this point because they can handle it. They figured it out faster than I did. So, well, you know, and I think in the event too, where they handle something and it's maybe not as, as awesome as you would hope, then you get the opportunity to be like, okay, why'd you do it that way? Okay. Well, what, what do you think if, if we're thinking about it from this perspective, it, it just like creates the ability to like learn and problem solve even more. So I, I love not micromanaging because I just feel like it, it really does. It makes leading and guiding a little bit easier in my yeah, So I just built out another, um, or, you know, I, I said to you guys, I sent you that, uh, Google form to fill out with those questions for me. And I built one for my leadership team. And of course they were like texting me laughing at it, but I was like, this is serious. Okay. Um, but it was basically all these scenarios that I could possibly think of. And I wanted them to answer how they would handle it because it'll help give me a gauge on what they would do. And then I'm going to fill it out and we're going to compare notes to see like, did they have a better idea than I did? You know, it, does it help to give them a little bit of guidance on like what, I would do and how I would think in certain circumstances, um, just for a couple of reasons. One, to boost their confidence as leaders, because I guarantee you they'll come up with better answers than I will, or the same thing that I will. They just need that like confidence. I'm talking like they're not listening to me right now, but that <laughs> confidence, you know, that like they do know what the hell they're doing. 
Um, but then also just like, I guess, reassurance, you know, a little bit. So, um, both of my leaders, because one of the questions was if there was a tornado, which we literally just had, but, um, Juliana texted me and she said, go outside. Right. Cause that's what we always do. It was like, Oh, there's bad weather. We're like outside looking for it. You know, that's like, a Midwest <laughs> thing. It is. It is. I was like, no, not go outside. Don't put that as the answer. So, and then the other one's like, if somebody wears like dirty shoes and we just had that circumstance where my director let somebody go. Um, and it, a lot of it came down to like, just those types of circumstances. She's like, did you write this before or after? Like, I feel attacked. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was after. All right. It was, it was an idea that came to me, but, uh, oh, I, but I think, idea, Jess, I, I think I, I'm going to see if I can like succinctly tell this story, but I, my husband and I, I've been tracking Taylor Swift, the Eras tour this whole time. And she had a situation in, in Mexico this weekend where her earpiece went out and she didn't know where she was. And there's all there's like backup singers and a whole band and all of these people. And you could tell that she was lost for a second and her band like slowed down and added a beat to kind of like be there with her, which as a, like a, as a team is really, really impressive and hard to do. My husband and I, he's a musician and we're like kind of talking about that, like how cool that was. And I was like, it's almost like they had talked about it beforehand. Like, Hey, if this happens, this is what we'll do. And he looked at me and he was like, Whoa, that's a really good idea. And it's kind of what you just did. <laughs> yeah. Like, talk about yeah. it first. So you know? cool. So yeah. cool. Yeah. I want it. That's what we're going to spend our next level 10 uh, going over. They now know this. Um, but <laughs> they do now. <laughs> Damn them for all this. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that's what we're going to spend time doing is just like looking at these different circumstances and scenarios and just like comparing notes just so we can like build a stronger leadership team so I'm excited for it. plus I'm also using it for data for my experience you know for for the course but so it's a it's a double a double whammy in a good way I guess <laughs> but okay well I love how this conversation started as onboarding and it just went on this whole other um upswing and I I mean I think this was a really good really good episode here with us on Pip University for Clubhouse yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for hosting, Jess. Yeah, not a problem. All right. Well, everybody have a good Monday. You too. Bye, Thank guys. You. Have bye. a great bye. week. See y'all later. Okay, bye.